Well, hey there. Today I wanted to share with you a replay of my interview with Amanda Gorman on the Finding Your Village podcast. Now, you may have heard Amanda right here on the Motivation for Moms show a few weeks ago when I interviewed her on the episode called How to Get Out of a Rut. And I had the pleasure of being interviewed by her on her show where we talked about my struggle with DMER. And we also talked a little bit about my journey on how I started my business and how I turned my mess into my message. We talked about other breastfeeding challenges, why we like to share birth stories with other moms, and why moms are some of the strongest, most capable people in the universe. So I'm going to play that conversation here in a couple minutes, but first... You may have noticed that I've started releasing Friday episodes that I'm calling Fast Tip Friday, which are shorter episodes. And the reason I did this is because you need to get your mind right every day. And I wanted to provide you with something a little bit shorter to listen to as you go into the weekend to help you stay on it and motivated. I'd love to know what you think about the Fast Tip Friday episodes. So if you wouldn't mind, head on over to my website, the Mama Miracle at themamamiracle.com. That's the Mama M A M A Miracle.com. Click on contact in the upper right corner and you can send me a message right on that page. While you're there, if you have any episode requests that you want to hear, let me know. If there are any issues you're struggling with, I'd love to create an episode for you, or I'll point you to an episode that I've already done that will really help you. So we're doing that Fast Tip Friday episodes now, so make sure you're subscribed so you get them to your podcast feed right when they come out. And of course, I'm still going to be doing the regular Monday episodes to help you get your week started off right. Quick shout out to listeners Liz and Kim on Instagram for sharing the podcast on their Instagram stories this week. Kim said, I love your podcast. It has helped me deal with my house, my marriage, and my autistic son in these difficult times. It has kept me accountable and consistent toward my goals besides the struggles. So thanks, Kim, for sharing the show and for your feedback. And I'm so proud of you, my friend. You are so inspiring. And I believe in you to reach your goals and do anything you set your mind to. And thanks to all of you who write reviews and share the show. Okay, quick intro, and then you're going to hear my interesting and inspiring conversation with Amanda Gorman on the Finding Your Village podcast. My little baby son, Atlas, and I welcome you to the show. Now, here we go. This is the Motivation for Mom show, a personal development podcast for moms, hosted by certified life coach and fellow mama, Sarah Munder. Each week, Sarah will bring you motivation, inspiration, and personal empowerment to help you show up even stronger for your family and be the mom and woman you were meant to be. You sacrifice so much of yourself every day, and it's time to take at least a few minutes and invest this time into nurturing yourself and filling your soul. You are worthy and you deserve it. Ready, Mama? Be 
Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to join me in my planner makeover course that is now available, where I'll teach you how to reach your goals, accomplish all of your tasks with ease, establish your non-negotiables, and finally make guilt-free time for things like self-care and all the fun stuff you want to do, all with a strategic use of a planner. In this course, I'll teach you how to get the most out of your planner and how to simply be more intentional with your time. It's all about making your life easier and making your time more meaningful. If you need this, head on over to my website, themamamiracle.com. That's the mama M-A-M-A, miracle.com to get this online course today. Now, go enjoy the episode. So today we are going to talk about the topic of D-M-E-R. And Sarah, will you tell us what that stands for? And will you just kind of give us an intro, just a brief overview of what that is? Yes. So D-M-E-R stands for dysphoric milk ejection reflex. And I'm not the expert of DMER, um, which I can point your listeners to the expert of DMER where I get my information, but I am someone who has had this with all three of my babies now, and it is a very big deal. It's not some like if you have it, you know it without a question of a doubt. Um, what it is, it's a, you can't really call it like a diagnosis or a disease, but it's just a, it's like a phenomenon that happens just before having a letdown, which if you're breastfeeding is all the live long day, right? So it's a feeling of dysphoria. And for um, different women, it manifests as different types of feelings. So um, I believe it's either feelings of agitation, feelings of anxiety, or um, the other one was, I forget the third category, what it could fall into, maybe like um, dread, or maybe that falls into the anxiety category. They can find out by going to dmer.org. That's d-mer.org. But for me, it really manifests as a very severe feeling of dread and anxiety and like panic. And also it it's accompanied by like this, this deep pit in my stomach, like nausea, like severe aversion to food. So when it hits me, I can't, if I have something in my mouth, like I can't swallow. Um, and there's just that feeling of like the world is collapsing in on me. Like imagine the best way to describe it for me is imagine you just saw like the most disturbing thing in your life and you're just like, Oh, like sickened by it. Hmm. That's how it feels, but it only lasts for a few seconds and then it goes away. And then you have your letdown and then everything's back to normal. Like it's the weirdest thing. Wow. That is really, really fascinating. Thank you so much for that overview. And I mean, and thank you so much for just your vulnerability and being willing to come on the show and talk about this. Um, so I just really appreciate that overview. But just to back up for a minute, I had mentioned this in the intro, but you are the host of the Motivation for Moms podcast. And so um, with that being said, I did want to give listeners just an overview of what your show is about and what your mission is. And so I wanted to start there as well, because I think that today's episode is really, really important because on one hand, it's really important for moms who 
you know, think that they might be going through this or know that they're going through this. Um, and, you know, it is something that isn't super common. However, for those that are dealing with this, I'm, I could imagine that it would feel very lonely. And I could imagine that figuring out that this is what's going on would could be difficult. And I would love to get your story if you'd be willing to share that about how you kind of figured this out um, and what your journey was for that. But I also, it's really important for me to talk about what you do with your podcast because you're facing something that is difficult for you. You just had your third baby, you're breastfeeding him. And so although you know that this is something that's difficult for you to get through, you have fantastic coping skills that you have created and that you are committed to. And that is a message that you proclaim in your podcast. And I really, really appreciate it. So um, could you just give an overview of the Motivation for Moms podcast and just what your mission is with that? Oh my gosh. Well, like that's just so much. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for validating um, my hard work and my experiences and you know, what I go through on a daily basis with the DMER. But like you said, how I am relying on my coping mechanisms to pull through it. Um, So Motivation for Moms is my podcast that I started late 2018. And before that, I'll sort of give you the story of how I started my business to begin with. I'll give you the short version. But in 2017, I was still, I was finishing up my degree online. I had two very small little kids at home, my two girls. And I found myself in the, what I call the rock bottom of mom life. And to me, what that is, is like, you are so unhappy, you feel so out of control of your life, and you're miserable, even though you know you have it so good, you know, and like, you keep feeling these cycles of guilt of like, gosh, I I know I'm blessed. I have so much to be grateful for, but I'm miserable. Like I'm just so unhappy, but I don't want to be unhappy because I know that I, I would never want my kids or my family to feel like I didn't want this role, but like, I'm just so full, unfulfilled at the end of the day. Right. So I, f- I found myself in that, in the rock bottom of mom life. And I remembered something that a good friend once told me, which was you control the tides in your family. And it just like bubbled up in me one day um, that that thought that someone had told me before. It just like it's funny how things hit you at the right time, right when you need it the most. And I truly believe it comes from like your higher power, your higher self. But when I re- remembered this, I realized, oh my goodness, I have all the power in me to create the changes I need to make in my life. And at the time, I needed to get more function in my household because it felt completely out of control. My house was always a mess. I could never find anything I needed. My kids could never find what they needed. My kids weren't sleeping. No one was sleeping. Like, we were just a hot mess. (laughs) And so I remember when I first started my personal development journey in my early 20s, I had come across some sort of worksheet or something that was like a manifestation worksheet. And I remember how valuable that was, but I couldn't remember where I found it or what it was. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to create one for moms specifically for the challenges that we go through. So I created that and it's called the Mama Miracle. And it's a two-page worksheet that helps you um, get clear on what you want and need in your life, which in my opinion is just such a huge portion of changes. Like first just getting clear on, okay, what's, what do I really want? And what do I need? What does my family need right now? 
And then getting clear on the next steps that it's going to take to get through, get there, tapping into the power that we have inside ourselves that I believe is divinely given to us. We all have the power to create positive change in our family, no matter what that positive change is, whether it's for our kids or for our marriage or for ourselves and our goals. We all have that power. And so that worksheet really helps you tap into that. And that changed my life. <laughs> and um, and it's funny that to this day, I, I go back and reference some of the old worksheets that I had written and filled out. And I have achieved every single one of the things that I had envisioned for my life, which just goes to show the power that we have with intention and creating that change, right? Even as busy, overwhelmed moms. And um, from there, I decided to become a life coach, got certified as a life coach. Um, I started creating online courses for moms to help them better their life and started the Motivation for Moms podcast. And so that's that's really the gist of what I believe in. I, don't, I believe that we as moms have the power within us to change anything that's not working. And that's everything from I can't get my kids to sleep at night to... I, you know, these stories that we tell ourselves that in our minds are just the way it is. Like, oh, my house is out of control. My my dogs aren't trained. I'm mentally referencing all the things that is going on in my life right now. But it's like, no, like you are the grown up. You're a leader in your family, and you can. I hate to put it this way, but like, put your foot down and and create that change. So, um. I talk a lot about that in my podcast, although a lot of the episodes are very specific to like, here's how you reach your goals. Here's how you stay motivated, um, you know, step into the leadership role in your family, that sort of stuff. But the way that this relates to the topic of the episode, which is DMER, is this is such an incredibly hard Thing to live with. And I am sure that you are going to have some listeners who can identify with this who say, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this was a thing, but that's totally what I have. And um, I did a post just a couple weeks ago about DMER and like 200 and something people have shared it already. Wow. Just saying like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even know this was real. I thought I was crazy. And now I know that I'm not crazy. Like it's just this thing that was happening. And that feels so good to know that these women are being validated in that way. Um, yeah. I think that I only suffered with it without knowing what it was for like a month or so because I'm just like, I'm such a problem solver type person. Like I, I started noticing um, these feelings when I was breastfeeding my my first daughter and like a month in, I was like, you know, I'm just going to Google it. So I think I Googled like anxiety with breastfeeding or something and d-mer.org popped up and thank God for that website and the woman behind it who is Aaliyah Macrina Heiss. And I had her on my podcast um, about like all about DMER. I, I learned about this, but here's the thing. That's something that you can't really change. Like it's something that because there's very little research about it, because we don't have a medication for it, it's something that I have personally had to learn to live with peacefully. And I have breastfed all three of my kids now, the first two, 20 months each, and now my son who's like two months old. And so when you add that up, that's like 
uh, I think it was like over three years of my life, <laughs> like yeah. breastfeeding and having the the letdown and the DMER associated with it. And that's really hard because it's every day, all day long. Right. Some days it's better than others, but there's no answer to to solving, you know, to curing it at this point. So I've I've had to learn to live with it. And it has done so much for me on my personal development journey. This struggle, this challenge that I've had to learn to live with because it's it's forced me to become more mindful. Hmm. Because when you're in it, when you're in that moment of like the world is caving in on me and I just want to throw up right now and like everything feels crappy there you can't do anything except just be with it you can't do anything except just breathe through it and then you realize it doesn't last forever it goes away and that's like anything right that's like any struggle and challenge that we have as moms whether it's birth. I mean, let's talk about birth, for example. Exactly. That's what I was thinking of. (laughs) Yeah. Like we've all been through it. Like you can't make it go away. There's no, yeah, you have to just go through it. And I remember with my first pregnancy, I took a prenatal yoga class and they had us do this pose that was really, really painful and well, really uncomfortable. It wasn't like dangerous to hold the pose, but it was like really uncomfortable. And it was a good practice for birth because she was like, Imagine that there's a big giant wave coming at you. Imagine you're out to sea and there's a big giant wave coming at you and you can't swim away. You can't go over it. All you can do is dive right in, like just dive into it. And then you realize it's it's not as bad as you had this anxiety that it would be. Yeah. And so I had just have to say that the experience of having DMER is such a blessing in my life because mm-hmm. it is showed me how to live with the other painful aspects of my life. Hmm. Wow. That's really impressive to hear, to be perfectly honest, because to look at a struggle that you have experienced for years now of your life and that you willingly continue to choose to subject yourself to, And to have that attitude that it's a blessing and to just really look at the silver linings of it and choose what you can learn from it and take away from it. I mean, you're a very strong person (laughs) for having that. You know, I have to say though, I, I want moms to know that it's okay if they chose a different way. I could have easily quit breastfeeding from the get go and been like, you know what? Screw this. This is way too hard because- it is really hard. It is. You know, everybody in the world would understand, including my child. Okay, this is something that like <laughs> you shouldn't have to live with. And I absolutely I just want to make clear that however people choose to cope is how they choose to cope and that's perfectly okay. I just happen to be one of those people that's like, "No. I am going to beat this thing, you know, Yeah, and I'm going to face it. And also I was really curious to see how this would evolve and how this would affect my day-to-day life and what I could learn from it. And I think that's such a powerful question to ask is what can I learn from this challenge that I'm facing right now? Yeah. I am writing that down. I love that. What can I learn from this challenge that I'm facing right now? 
So you mentioned birth, and I immediately thought of that when you were describing, well, the prenatal yoga class describing, you know, kind of that analogy with the contractions. And I had um, my son uh, without any pain medication, and then I had my daughter for the beginning of my labor without pain medication, and then I did choose to have an epidural. But I remember that after going through that with my daughter and then choosing to attempt a you know unmedicated childbirth for a second time um, I thought about why I was doing that and one of the reasons one of the many reasons was because I really did want to learn from childbirth because I did learn from my experience with grace along with getting an epidural and what it was like to choose a judicious path for yourself when you already had one path laid out and to choose to go a different route so that was one thing I learned and then to learn how to submit. That is what I learned from Cooper's birth was how to submit exactly what you described of instead of looking for a way out and panicking, just looking it straight in the eye and saying, I know what I'm about to experience. I know it's going to be hard, but I can do this and I'm choosing this. It's not happening to me. I'm empowered and I'm choosing this right now. And so I'm glad that you said that about it has to be your choice and that all the choices are totally fine and valid and good. Yeah, I get that. And I mean, my experience with birth was um, with my first daughter, I wanted to have a natural birth in the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. That was the plan and got to the hospital. One thing led to another. They had to induce. And then with the induction, of course, that made labor worse. And I ended up getting an epidural. But the funny part was, a, this is how life is funny. My epidural failed. Mine did too. And I, I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness. When you're not mentally prepared, when you're like, make the pain go away, it is, yes. it's unbearable. And I blacked out. I, it was such a traumatic birth, my first one. And I had an episiotomy, which like I felt the whole thing. And, and I remember that moment where she's like, okay, I'm going to cut you. And I was like, I'm, de- I'm dead. Like I can't handle anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I like died for a second. Yeah. And with my my second, I I still like wanted that beautiful experience that people talk about with natural birth. Like, oh, it was so empowering, and it was just nothing like I ever had been through. And and I I longed for that, but I also knew that I had unresolved trauma from my first birth, and I was going to be kind and compassionate with myself. And mm-hmm. I had a wonderful epidural with my second birth. It, I had meditation music on. There was essential oils in the air. The, the lights were dim. And I got to pr- pull her out and I didn't feel an ounce of pain. Oh, and it was like, beautiful. it was such a beautiful experience. And it was so like, okay, that's amazing. So this is what it can be like. And that's an empowered birth. <laughs> yeah, I felt totally empowered. And then with my third, which was recently, um, I still, I initially like had this battle with myself. I was like, okay, I still have unresolved trauma, but I still want to have that natural birth experience, but have the trauma, but also the medicated experience was also really good. So I was really just all over the place. I decided to go ahead and have a, um, an epidural with my third. And it was kind of a, it ended up being a mix of both. Like it was really hard still because he was a 10 pound baby Wow! and it, it was exhausting and he didn't come out right away, but I didn't have the pain and the trauma with the first. So I, I totally agree with you that 
you have to choose for yourself what pain you're willing to feel. And there is a quote, I think it's a Buddhist quote, but the quote is that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Yes, that's so true. And like, I have carried that with me through everything in my life, like everything from physical pain to emotional pain, the pain of parenting, the pain of my dog getting hit by a car, the pain of, um, you know, failing to reach my goals or the pain of having DMER, like you get to choose whether you suffer. Yeah. And there are just some things that, you know, your limit, like with birth, (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Which is why it's 100% a personal decision. No one knows what you can tolerate. And yep. And you have to decide for yourself. I completely agree with that. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about your birth stories. That was an unexpected surprise. I know, right? <laughs> thank <laughs> you for that. Into, it's, why, why do we like always love to recount our birth stories? It's like... <laughs> well, okay. So I think it's because it is the most common miracle. Mm-hmm. Having a baby, giving birth, I think it is a miracle. It's very common, mm-hmm. like the most common miracle, but I think that it is amazing every single time. And if I feel like if you went through something crazy, like a, just a crazy life-changing experience, like good or bad, like a plane crash or something, and you met somebody else that also went through a plane crash or something crazy like that, you'd be like, we need to talk. We need to compare <laughs> stories. You know what I mean? That is such a good point. I never thought thought about it in that way. That's how I think of it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Like this is not, I mean, birth is common, but it, that does not make it any more less of a miracle. Like exactly. Can. Yeah. That's how I think of it. It's, yeah. it's, it is common, but it is amazing. Yeah. And I also had a, a interview recently with my doula that came to both of my births and she has been to over 700 births. Wow. And she says it is amazing every single time. Yeah. And I, I believe her. Yeah, totally. And that's exactly why I called my business the Mama Miracle because I recognize the miracle that it is that we can create life and we can bear life through our bodies and or if we adopt, we foster, we nurture that life and we still create life in that way in the sense that we provide a structured container for our children to grow and thrive in. And that is a miracle just as much as birth is because every day we're birthing ourselves. We're helping our children to become themselves. And that's why I know without a shadow of a doubt in my heart that moms can get through anything. We can figure out any challenge. And it truly, truly upsets me when I see my fellow moms and my clients who I coach get stuck on their limiting beliefs. Mm. It upsets me because I see so much more in them than they're seeing in the moment. And I want more for them. And it's like, girl, do you know what you did (laughs) up to the, like, I love that quote. You know, you didn't just come, you didn't come this far just to come this far. And I, I truly, truly believe that if we just tap into that power that we have, we can create more positive change in our life in so many other areas. I totally agree with that. I really appreciate that. And and I wanted to take us back a little bit to loop us back to talking about DMER specifically. So you had mentioned that when you were nursing your oldest, her name's Audra, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're nursing Audra. 
how did you first realize that there was something going on? I mean, you were a first time mom, mm-hmm. you had never breastfed before. What told you that there was something going on? And then what were the steps that you took to kind of figure this out? I had always had anxiety off and on. Um, it's something that I've always felt bubble up in me. Um, you know, anxiety and depression and everything in between, but this was different. This was a brief momentary feeling that came and went and it was very distinct. It wasn't like, it wasn't lingering. And eventually I think that my conscious brain just kind of put two and two together. Like, Hmm, every time I have this feeling a few seconds later, I had a letdown. And I was like, I wonder, and I initially thought that it had something to do with like, um, nipple stimulation or, um, aversion to having my breasts touched. And, you know, your brain goes all over the place. Like, Oh, did I have trauma? I didn't know about, did I, um, it, what or where is this coming from? You know, cause, cause a lot of our physical and emotional sensations do come from trauma from the past. It's stored in there and then it's expressed in certain situations. And so that's where my brain went. Although I've come to find out from the limited research that they have done on DMER, it does not appear to be associated with trauma. It does not appear to be associated with, um, any kind of like aversion to breastfeeding or nipple stimulation or any of that. Um, they suspect that it has to do with an inappropriate drop in dopamine. Hmm. So dopamine is one of those feel good chemicals in the brain that, um, gives you the motivation to do things. It, um, is released when you do things like drink alcohol, drugs, or I mean, just exercise, sex, um, anything that, leaves you with like a feel good feeling, right? That has to do with dopamine. And dopamine is very, from what I understand, I'm again, not the expert on this, but it is very interconnected with breastfeeding and like all the breastfeeding chemicals. Basically like in order to have a letdown, there's a bunch of levers and buttons that need to be pushed and pulled in your chemistry and your body in order for that to happen. And dopamine is one of them. So in order to get a rise in whatever that hormone is that makes you release milk, you have Mm -hmm. to have a drop of dopamine and everybody experiences it. But in people that experience DMER, it's an inappropriate drop in dopamine. And so they're, they're suspecting that it's in that very moment that your dopamine falls, that you get that feeling of uh, dysphoria, which totally, totally makes sense. And they're from when I interviewed um, Aaliyah, who is the expert on this, she had said that they're talking with the experts in the field of um, postcoital disorder, which is like or post-orgasmic dysphoria. Hmm. That there could be some sort of relation there, and they're they're studying that and they're researching that to see um, more on what's happening in the body, and you know, ultimately how we can how we can help moms who are going through this. Um, there, there are some things that they suspect help with the drop of dopamine. Um, although nothing's been proven, but I worked with a naturopath who made up a herbal tincture for me that had a variety of different things in it, including rhodiola, um, and like B vitamins and stuff like that. And, um, I think it helped. It's one of those things that's really hard to track. Like, like one day, half of my letdowns will have it and half won't. And it's like, it's hard to be like, oh, that's because I took more B vitamins today. You know, like I'd really have to sit down and like track it on paper, which 
Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> but um, it, it is reassuring to know that number one, nothing's wrong with me. One of the things that I asked Aaliyah when I interviewed her was like, did I screw up my my dopamine like levels or the I don't know what they're called, but the things inside your brain that release the dopamine, <laughs> the synapses yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. did I totally screw up my brain chemical system? Because I used to be a heavy drinker. I have never done drugs, but like, you know, I, I just, I worried about that. And she was like, okay, first of all, do you see what you're doing here? You're trying to come up with a logical reason based on something you did to yourself as to why this is happening She's like, I want you to drop the blame. I want you to drop the trying to figure it out. And I was like, wow, thank you for noticing that I'm doing that. Um, But I am curious, you know, at the end of the day, what is causing this? And I, gosh, if there are more research studies to be done, I would be like the first to raise my hand and, and volunteer because I, apparently this is affecting more moms than is realized. The Facebook group, um, there's a DMER Facebook group. It's the one that's like, I think it's called D-MER support from D-MER.org. Like it's very clear that that's the one. It has thousands and thousands of moms in it. And when I first joined that Facebook group, it had like a few hundred. And so it has grown and grown and grown, which totally makes sense why when I made that post the other day on Facebook, it's 200 and something mamas shared it. And so many moms were like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize this was a thing. But the thing is, Doctors don't know what it is. Midwives, doulas, um, lactation consultants, very, very few experts have ever heard of this. And I think that if if you're a mom listening who thinks you have this, try talking to one of those experts. I guarantee you they had never heard of it. If they have, I'm super, super impressed. And so I like to take the opportunity to try to educate like my lactation consultant when because they're like, huh, wow, this is really interesting. And for something that's so big and like affects your life in such a big way. You would think that more people would know about it, about it, but it just goes to show that we have to speak up about the things that we're going through in our life. Absolutely. And that's the reason why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about this because that's the entire reason why I started this show because my uh, cross to bear with breastfeeding was getting plug ducks. I got them all the time, like for a period of six months, when I breastfed Grace, I got them weekly, if not more often than that. And so um, that was very, very challenging. So I can definitely relate to that idea of being met with a challenge and deciding to just figure it out and, you know, keep going and power through it. Um, But then also after figuring out what worked and like you, I did so much research on that topic and there was good information out there, but what worked for me, just some weird, interesting nuances of like, um, I hand express every time after I pump because mm-hmm. that helps to simulate a, um, other milk ducts. And I would typically get a plug duct whenever I would pump um, like all the time if I would go on a trip or something away from my baby. Mm-hmm. And so I never, ever, ever read that recommendation ever in yeah. any video, in any blog. And I never I, heard of it. <laughs> yeah. And I just figured it out on my own through trial and error. And so now that's one of the reasons why I'm like, I have a whole podcast episode related or specifically dedicated to how to keep plug ducks from coming back. 
Yeah. I have one for like, how do you get rid of them? And then how do you keep them from becoming a recurrent issue? Because I dealt with that and I just couldn't find the information out there that helped me personally. Um, and I wanted to just add to that conversation. And so I appreciate you doing the same thing. And so that's why I also wanted to talk about this today. So. Oh, I love those episodes that you did. And the one on prodromal labor was the one that initially drew me to your podcast. I learned so much. That's totally what I had gone through with this last pregnancy. And it was so helpful and reassuring to know that I wasn't crazy because I was about to lose my mind with the oh, prodromal labor symptoms. So thank you for what you do. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. So another thing that I wanted to hit on today that is related but different is something called BAA, and that stands for breastfeeding aversion and agitation. And so this is something that I actually experienced, and I did come across DMER in my research when I was trying to figure out what was going on with me. And this is something that I only experienced with Cooper when I was nursing him, my second baby. Um, are you familiar with BAA? Yeah, I had it. Um, I had it with so far um, two out of three, wow. and it it usually hit me at the end of like, that's when I knew I was, I was done. Like 20 months was my cap for both girls. Um, cause my goal was to go till two and I was like 20 months that hit. And I was like, okay, I'm done. We're done. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. So I am not super, super familiar. Like for example, I haven't gone in and read about it. I had just heard about breastfeeding aversion and agitation. And I just knew right away that that's what I was having. Um, it's definitely different than DMER because it's not specifically related to the letdown from what I understand. It's just like, I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be sucked. Like just like creepy crawlies all the way. Right. Like it's like a whole body experience. Um, that is definitely a thing. And the DMER, you just, you know, because it is a world is falling apart, feeling, feeling nauseous. For me, it's like 10 seconds and it's gone. And then I like feel on top of the world and I feel like I could, whatever, like just so happy again. And then the letdown happened. Like every single time without fail, you will get a letdown afterwards. And so that's how you know the difference really is is like it's a very distinct feeling directly before a letdown and that's that's it. And do you feel that when you are not nursing your baby but you're just your body is like oh it's time to nurse and you do you get that natural letdown or does it only happen right be- before you're about to pump or express or nurse? No, it definitely is still associated with all letdowns. So even the spontaneous ones that happen throughout the day where you're like doing your work, doing the dishes, you get a letdown. So I get that feeling hit me all day long and it's totally out of the blue because you don't know when you're about to have a letdown, right? It just like happens all the time. Like um, I was recording a podcast earlier this evening and my husband had taken the baby for a couple of hours, came back home, walked through the door. And before I could even look at my baby, my body knew your baby's here thinking about baby let down and it, it hits me. Right. So, and it is totally spontaneous too. Yeah. I think like I could even like not have him anywhere nearby and, and have those two. And so who knows what's happening there. Um, but that's why we know it, it is directly tied to the letdown. 
That makes sense. And that's a good differentiation as well between DMER and BAA. Yeah. Um, because when I experienced it, it was also when Cooper was older. So it wasn't until he was probably eight, nine months old that I first started experiencing this. And um, and I just wanted to give a quick overview from Kelly Mom. I really like kellymom.com. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just say that BAA or aversion is a phenomenon that some breastfeeding mothers experience, which include having particular negative feelings, often coupled with intrusive thoughts when an infant is latched and suckling at the breast. But um, it doesn't talk about the letdown, which is a big differentiation. And so, yep, he was older. I never experienced it while I was pumping. It was just this feeling when he would move around and Mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, he would pop off and pop back on. And it was me not just being annoyed and frustrated, but I would get become overwhelmed with rage Mm -hmm. to the point in which I would like clench my fists and clench my jaw and, and just to kind of keep my control myself from letting this like anger come out towards my baby. I was trying, that was my way of protecting yeah. my baby from this weird mental phenomenon that was just happening. Um, and the other thing that it, it that is very different from what you described, particularly with DMER, is that it was not just a few seconds for me. This would happen for like a minute or two. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, particularly at the end of a nursing session. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. Whether he seemed like he was done eating or not. I, yeah. I just was like, I kind of need to just be done. So that was my experience. Now that you say that and describe that experience, I'm realizing that I have it with my son now too. And he don't Sorry. (laughs) It's not like all the time though. And I don't know if that's truly BAA then if it's not all the time, every feeding. But um, I definitely have that with him too at certain sessions because he does pop on and off all the time. Yeah. Like he, okay, let me ask you this because you are the queen of answering these kinds of questions <laughs> slash referencing Kelly mom, which I love. Um, <laughs> so he chokes a lot. Like, and that's why it's so frustrating to feed him. And that's why he's constantly popping on and off. Like I'll mm-hmm. latch him on, he'll suck a little and then like, uh, 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 and then choke, 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 and I have to sit him up and I have to, you know, burp him, like help him cough it up. And it seems like that happens like all throughout the feeding. And I never had that with the girls. And that's part of that causes the aversion because he's like latching back on again. And then it just feels like you're like, you're getting like chafed, you know, like, oh, yeah. I don't even though you're not, but like, that's how it feels. Yeah. I mean, especially with the latch, I mean, the, can you know, the latch coming on and off all the time that definitely would like rub and be irritating. Do you think that you have uh, overactive letdown? Probably considering how many times I <laughs> experienced the DMER. I mean, that's. And his choking. Yeah. That's a big symptom of, of like an overactive letdown. Have you ever had, um, like overproduction of milk with yeah. your girls. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, I have breast implants. Okay. And they, the, I remember like way back in the day when I got my breast implants, which is a whole other topic, like why the hell did I do that to myself? But um, I remember asking the plastic surgeon, like one day I want to have kids. Will I be able to breastfeed? And I remember him saying like, yeah, you in fact um, will probably be able to breastfeed easier because it just kind of pushes everything out. And so I wonder if that's what it is too. Like it's just like so much milk, but could you tell us what um, 
overactive letdown is because I'm not super familiar with that too. Although just from the name itself, it seems like that's probably what I have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm actually going to reference Kelly mom again. Like, is it just so much milk coming out? Yeah. That's my understanding is essentially that it's a lot of milk coming out all at once, like almost like turning on a hose. Mm-hmm. You can imagine, and it's just kind of overwhelming. That's my understanding, but let me... Yeah, because when he, especially with the right one, for some reason doesn't do this with the left one. Gosh, you know, we as moms, we have so many things going on. I know, seriously. <laughs> and I mean, and you just, you, you and you're recovering from childbirth, you know? Oh, Goody gumdrops. So with the right one, he latches and then he pulls off and then it like sprays him in the face. Yes. <laughs> it definitely, so, so, okay, it's actually called forceful letdown. That's oh. exactly what it's called. Okay. Um, forceful letdown or milk ejection reflex and oversupply is the topic in Kelly Mom. Um, and I will absolutely link to this in the show notes. But it says, um, Forceful letdown is often associated with too much milk oversupply. Some others notice that the problems with fast letdown or oversupply don't start until three to six weeks of age. And forceful letdown runs the gamut from a minor inconvenience to a major problem. So the symptoms are choking, gagging, gulping, gasping. The baby is doing these things while nursing. Um, Pull off the breast often while nursing. Mm -hmm. Clamp down on the nipple to let down to slow the flow of milk. Oh, thank God he hasn't done that yet. Okay. <laughs> Knock on wood. But everything else, for yeah. sure. Um, so there's more things listed, but I'll, I'll link to that mm-hmm. so that people can can read about that. But it sounds like that's also what's going on. And that, and I feel, um, I, I experienced, not feel, mm-hmm. <laughs> I experienced that my milk supply got even better with my son. And I have also heard anecdotally from other moms that their supply also increased with each consecutive child. So that's not mm-hmm. shocking to hear that now with the him being number three, that you're having that letdown, uh, yeah. that forceful letdown. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and he'll like, cause, cause I co-sleep. And so I nurse him in the middle of the night and, you know, I'll latch him on, fall back to sleep and then I'll wake up and there'll just be like a whole wet spot under his head because like he popped off and then I just kept spraying. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. He was having like really bad, um, like baby acne. And I realized it's cause like he was getting sprayed by milk all night. <laughs> he was just like, like bless his heart. I know. Do you know what he did the other day? I have a really funny story and I hope that's like his too since it's like all moms listening. But he um he had a diaper blowout the other day. Oh, lovely. And I went to go change him and I lifted up his legs to like wipe his butt and he peed on his own face. Oh bless him. <laughs> Poor child, <laughs> like sprayed in the face with breast milk. Was he no, like surprised? He was so surprised. Like he like his eyes were closed. He had, like pee pooling in his eyes. Oh. <laughs> I was like buddy. So off oh, to the bath he God. went, but it's like oh boy problems. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Oh my goodness. Oh, that is that is really funny and adorable <laughs> and sad. So, okay, I have a couple follow-up questions for you. Um, you said that you that you experienced DMER with all of your babies. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that you nursed all of your kids. You said the first two for twenty months. Yes, but um, that's not apparently the standard for DMER. Apparently, you can have it with some and not others. I just oh, that's good. To know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you just happened to be one of the lucky ones. 
Yeah, there, there's a lot of moms that ask in the Facebook group, like, oh, I had it with my first. Should I expect to have it with my second and my third? And and it's just, it depends. They really don't know why you have it with some and not others. What is What are your thoughts on breastfeeding in your relationship with Atlas and just moving forward knowing, you know, kind of the future that you probably are, are looking at for the next you know, year or 20 months, however. Thanks for asking. I haven't really asked myself this question, although I just kind of assumed that I would continue to breastfeed him till 20 months like I did with my girls, just kind of like that's, that's what I got to before. Um, But every baby is different. Every experience is different. One thing that I'm doing differently with him that I did not do with the girls, and I've really had to do a lot of personal work around this to be okay with this and to give myself the grace, but I am supplementing with formula, which like I said, I did not do with the girls. I never imagined that I would do that just because I always have had a good supply of breast milk. I never saw a need to, mm-hmm. but with Atlas, he was born 10 pounds, four ounces, and he was grunting a lot and they had to take him to the NICU for two hours and they thought that it was breathing problems. And they were like, we can't figure out why he's grunting so bad. They did a chest x-ray and everything. And, um, they came back and they were like, do you mind if we just like give him a little bit of formula just to see if maybe he's hungry? Cause you know, your milk doesn't come in for a couple of days and you know, it's like third baby. I'm like, whatever, just whatever you want to do. I know you're taking care of him back there. I'm just going to take me a nap over here in the maternity <laughs> room. Yeah. And they came back and they were like, Oh, all fixed. His grunting's gone. He was just hungry. So he's just a really hungry boy. I, I do have plenty of milk supply, but I just can't keep up with him. Like he just wants to eat constantly. And I feel like if I didn't supplement, it would be nursing all the time, all day long, around the clock. And I got two other kids to take care of and my own goals and whatnot. And I have come to be okay with that, with he is fine. I am still nursing like I wanted to. I'm reaching that goal. Although even if I decided to stop, I would still be okay with that. That's what we're doing. That's what's different between him and my girls. And it's like things things sometimes change and your priorities in life change. And Absolutely. we're going through a pandemic right now. And I'm not going to stress about giving my child a little formula twice a day. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. I'm so glad that, that you're at peace with that decision. And yeah. and nothing is set in stone, right? I mean, you yeah. could, things could be different next week. If you decide to change it, you could stay the course like this for 20 months. I mean, yeah. That's that's the nice thing is that we can make choices and then we can reevaluate, change course. You know, nothing is set in stone. So, and ultimately, we need to trust ourselves. We need to trust our gut because we know what we're doing. We have Absolutely. been through so much. Like we, our gut knows what it's doing. <laughs> Absolutely, it's so true. So, I wanted to transition to talk about what you do a little bit because. Um, so, I recently bought your planner makeover. And I, I have loved it. I have absolutely loved it. So that's something I'm going to link to in the show notes, because I think that anyone listening to this could absolutely benefit from that. So, um, I have a part-time job. I am a mom and wife. I also have this podcast, uh, Mm -hmm. that I'm doing as my passion project. So I have a lot going on and I thought I was pretty organized. 
you have a planner makeover course uh, has been really, really helpful. So I just wanted to mention it. Um, and I just wanted to give you a chance to kind of give an overview of what that is really fast as we kind of wrap up here. Yeah, thank you. So I truly, truly believe that all of our problems as moms can be fixed with just simply being more intentional with our time and planning in advance, at least for me. Um, I'm just the type of person where if I don't have a plan for the day, I will feel like I'm all over the place. Um, It feels like everyone and everything and all of their needs and wants just come at me and take up because, because I want to take care of my family. I want to take care of their needs and I'm always quick to respond. But if I'm not truly intentional, or at the very least, if I don't have a plan of when I'm going to get to the things I want to get to, then I feel like I'm a big hot mess. And so what I've found is if you are intentional with your time your time, and you have a plan for the day and you have a plan for the week and you have a plan for the year and you know when the important things of your life are going to have their place in your schedule then what that allows you to do is it allows you to show up fully in anything that you're doing. So for example, when you're with your kids, you can be 100% with your kids because you know that the chores are scheduled in at another time. They're going to get met. You, If you are with your kids and you also have a business to run or a podcast to host, et cetera, et cetera, you can rest assured that those things are going to have their place in your life too. And so the planner makeover course, you know, it's, I called it that because I don't know, it's, it's a cute name or whatever, but, and and a lot of people think that they're going to get advice on how to make your planner all cute and pretty and like the stickers and whatever. And like, that's fun. You know, I, I appreciate a pretty planner, but at the end of the day, I don't care as much about what your planner looks like, but I, care so much about what your life looks like and whether you end the day feeling fulfilled, feel like you were truly intentional, you showed up in the way you want to, you were the woman you wanted to be, you were the mother that you wanted to be. And so in that course, I teach you very practical strategies on how to be more effective with your time and show up more fully. But there's also a lot of motivation in there. Like, you know, you can do anything you set your mind to and um, it... I, it's a lot similar to how kind of my podcast is too. Yeah, absolutely. I listen to the podcast and I have taken the course and I totally agree with everything that you have said. But yeah, I just, I had to give props to your course because it is very, very affordable um, and it was worth my time. So I just had to let you know that. I really yeah. appreciate it. So it's helping <laughs> me make positive changes. So. I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, as we wrap up, I just wanted to, first of all, thank you so much for your time today and your vulnerability and sharing about your very personal experience in nursing and giving birth and um, just being a mama. And I also just wanted to see if there was anything else that we haven't mentioned that you wanted to leave the listeners with. Ooh, good question. Um, yes. I, I think that with the challenges that we face in our life, whether they're emotional challenges or they're challenges that our kids present in their various blessed ways <laughs> or challenges in our marriage or addictions or financial struggles, problems at home, whatever it is, 
we are facing, as I mentioned the quote before, we haven't come this far to just come this far. And so what I would like the mothers to remind themselves when they are faced with that thought of like, this is going to overwhelm me. This is going to take me down. You know, all those limiting beliefs of like this, I can't deal with this. I don't know how there can't be a way like this just seems too hard. I want them to remember that. And I want them to tell themselves that yes, to any person who, to to the average normal person, this could take them down. This is hard. Parenting is hard, but it doesn't have to be. It's like that other saying, you know, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. It doesn't have to take you down. You can find a way to deal with it. You can find a way to change it, or you can find a way to just dive into that wave and live alongside it peacefully. Hmm. Thank you. I love that. (laughs) Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm going to link to your course and um, not only that, but your your podcast and the d-mer.org website that you mentioned um, so that listeners can find out more information about this uh, if they think that you know they might have that going on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Amanda. Wait, don't go yet. If you enjoyed today's episode and you know a mama who could really use some positivity and motivation in her life, would you please share this episode? You can either hit the share or copy link button or take a screenshot and post it on Instagram using the hashtag motivation for moms podcast and tag me at Sarah Munder. By the way, if you're not yet following me on Instagram, what are you even doing? Get over there, follow my transformational journey and send me a direct message and let me know your biggest takeaway from today's episode. I love hearing from my listeners. It seriously makes my day, you guys. And if you're ready to learn how to more strategically use a planner to reach your goals, accomplish all of your tasks, and finally make time for the important stuff like self-care time and quality time with your family, head on over to my website, themamamiracle.com to get my online course, The Planner Makeover Course for only $29 today. I can't wait to share with you the skills and strategies that have changed my life and changed the lives of my fellow mamas who have also taken the course. I'll see you there and I'll see you right here next week on Motivation for Moms.